Welcome to another episode of the Journey Podcast. I'm your host, CEO. On today's episode, I had a very special guest. He was actually my now former roommate and our summer intern at PPR Travel Nursing, Mr. Trent Sears. On today's episode, we spoke about his trials and tribulation and adversity through sports, and Trent actually gave a very... He gave an exceptional presentation on his injury and kind of looking at life uh, with the glass half full. And for those who weren't able to experience that, I'm sure that you'll be able to get a glimpse of what Trent spoke about in today's episode. But I definitely want to give a, a special shout out to Trent because he was my roommate during the summer and I have a lot to thank him for because I was able to pitch a lot of great ideas uh, for for my podcast, whether that be through marketing, social media, ideas uh, for for episodes, and I have Trent to thank for a lot of uh, a lot of the help and success over over the summer. So I really appreciate him. Uh, we also speak about uh, the importance of internships while you're in college, and you know he goes over some of the experiences ha- experiences he had at last summer's internship and kind of compared that to this year's and the the overall importance of going through an internship program to kind of get a glimpse of the real world because a lot of the stuff that happens in the real world you don't learn in the textbook so I know you guys will enjoy this episode especially if you are good friends with Trent and have had the pleasure of working with him and without further ado I bring you Trent. All right, welcome to the show, Trent. How's it going, man? Good. Awesome. Well, I am very excited to have you on the show today because we have so much to talk about. So do as little as possible as an intern to not incriminate yourself with any anything too too bad. So, <laughs> so the first thing I want to talk about is I know we had Operation New Uniform here at the office today, and I did that last year when I started at... Um, PPR human and it was a, a great experience. Tell me about your experience with Operation Uniform. What what did you do? Um, well yeah, so not everyone's gonna know Operation Uniform is. It's veterans who are transferring out of uh, the military life and kind of trying to be the normal civilian, which I tell you what, just like from hearing about it, I thought it was a great idea. We you know, it's it's a problem nationwide. Or that veterans aren't traveling, aren't moving well from the the military world military life right into the civilian world, and just sitting in that room, hearing their stories, um, giving them feedback on what they were doing, it was. I think I got uh, just as much out of it as as they did, or at least I hope they did. Did you guys do like a panel interview, or did you get to do one-on-one interviews? So it was like kind of a round robin thing where okay. we'd discuss a topic for them when they're interviewing, and then they would talk about it and then get feedback from mm-hmm. it was myself, Dwight, Cooper, uh, Bree, and a new gentleman over at PPR. Okay. Or at Human. Nice. And was that all day? Cause from I know, eight to noon this morning. Okay. Busy, busy morning. I I admire that too because I interviewed my father's wife on one of my episodes, and she talked about the transition from the military world to the civilian world and it's it can be challenging whether you're an officer you're enlisted or not it just sometimes it just is 
it's harder than you think it would be to, to make that transition, whether you can find a job or it's just dealing with the, the rig, rigidity, is that the right word, of the military? The structure the of structure the military. The structure of the military right. and then having to transfer out to a world where people can actually say no. <laughs> so it's a much different dynamic. Now, um, speaking on your internship as a whole, uh, you've been interviewing at PPR since, has it been, was it May? Like May 20, somewhere around there, yeah. How's your experience been, and uh, tell me, what, what's been your role since you've been, been interning? Um, so, I've been helping out up in the finance and accounting division, um, and in terms of what I've been doing, just kind of a mix of everything. Getting Recording. grabbing the coffee. I'm oh, <laughs> dude, coffee Set dishes. I did do dishes the other day. So, <laughs> I mean, and that's been that's been so minimal. But it's good as as the intern. You know, it's like you have to do some of that to to make you appreciate this stuff when you're actually doing meaningful work. Exactly. But all in all, I've done some really meaningful work. I've gotten the opportunity to take like the lead on a few projects mm-hmm. and. The fact that I've been working in a, in a smaller company yeah. doing that has been great. Jill actually sent me um, this morning an email like basically listing out all the things mm-hmm. to update my resume with. She's tracked all summer long what I've done. So I can go into an interview in the future and be like, I've it's done be a robust this, resume. this, this, and yeah. this. Right. Nice. And um, what... I know you're going to talk about this at the 831 on Monday. And for those who don't know, who are not part of our company, we have uh, an 831 meeting every Monday. It's just a company-wide meeting where we meet and talk about how the previous week went, any upcoming events, news that we need to be aware about. And you're giving like a little mini presentation on Monday. And I know you're going to talk about it then, but um, what, what projects are you working on and kind of what's that going to be about? Um, so it'll actually be mostly about the adversity I've faced in my life, which we'll yeah we'll we'll definitely touch on here in a little bit. Um, and the way I've overcome that in terms yeah. of the PPR stuff, I'm kind of leaving that to Holly, who's introducing me beforehand. She okay. has a list of things that she wants to say, and I I don't know what that is. Hmm. Well, I know you've been you worked on a ton of. Google related <laughs> projects. I didn't even know you could do half the shit on here that, that you could do at Google. Um, can you kind of touch base on comparing kind of your experience this year to your internship last year? Were you doing something similar? Was it like a small company? Were you doing finance and payroll as well? No. Um, so last summer I was doing sales, mm-hmm. strictly sales, 80 hours a week. You know, just Hustle nose on the grindstone, yeah. and it's, it was a huge company, ton of interns. Um, and you know, it was while I, I wasn't great yeah. at that in particular, it was still a huge learning lesson in the fact that I learned that I wasn't great at that, mm-hmm. but also the fact that that isn't necessarily what I want to be a part mm-hmm. of this big bustling, jumbling company where it's easy to get lost amongst the weeds yeah. if you're not careful. So, And what would you say, because I know there's obviously, I mean, we're spoiled here in a sense that we have adopted such a great culture. And what would you say is probably the most important learning experience and the, the most 
important thing you've just learned overall between the different companies and your journey with selecting an internship that you've gleaned from working here at PPR this summer? Um, I would definitely say find find a company that you A, like what you're doing, you're doing something yeah. you enjoy, and B, a company that matches a little bit of your personality. I Last summer, every morning, waking up, you know, was a drag. I was like, oh, work again? And it was just horrendous. Yeah. And here, I absolutely love coming to work. It doesn't feel as much like work because of the people I work with, because of the culture, yeah. all of that. It's just, it's a lot more enjoyable. And since you've been here, since I know you're pretty active on social media, how many of your friends have reached out to you and said, dude, what do you do? Like, you work for the best company in the world. Because when I started, everybody thought, like, I worked at some kind of amusement park where everybody's <laughs> just having fun. It's like, do you guys even work? Like, we work our butts off. But has that happened to you? Oh, I think I can count, like... A lot of people have, A, like, liked my posts, but I can mm-hmm. count, I believe, like, four people who have directly either called me, texted me, whatever it's been, like, dude, what are you doing? And are there any open positions? And yeah. I was like, I don't know if there's open positions, but here's the company I'm working for. It was, yeah, I mean, I shoot, my first, my first week I showed up, we worked, I believe, if I remember right, my first day was a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I worked Wednesday, and then Thursday was finance accounting team build yeah so we went and did um we did an escape room and then went out for drinks wait what is an escape room it's like i don't know like a series of you basically get locked in the room and there's like a series of puzzles Mm -hmm. and you have to solve each one to be able to get out and there's like different degrees we didn't we didn't end up getting out we needed like Two more minutes, yeah. but... I heard those things are tough. Nonetheless, yeah. a ton of fun, and then drinks, yeah. so... And then follow up that up with, like, next week, started June. Yeah. Employee Appreciation Month. <laughs> pick the right time to, to, to pick an internship at, uh, at PPR, so what a great experience. And how, impo- how important do you think it is for um, college students to do an internship, because not everybody does them. I, I know when I was in college, I had no intent of doing an internship, but looking back at it, uh, and from my own experience, there's a lot of value that comes with you know, opting to, to do an internship. I know many majors kind of require it as a, as a graduation class, but how important has it been for you to intern these last couple of years as you um, look at wrapping up your collegiate degree here in, uh, in less than a year, actually. Well, a year, and then I've got an extra semester, but... Okay. Still coming Who's up. counting? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My father. <laughs> but, um, he, uh, yeah. No, the internship has been great, because especially for me, you know, business, finance, accounting, you're taught all this stuff in your class, in a perfect world, it does this, 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 this. Mm-hmm. The world's not perfect, yeah. right? You gotta step out and do some real world experience yeah. and having, being able to say, I know this, 
mm -hmm. plus I can do, I can apply these things here yeah. in this type of a setting. And that's huge. I mean, the book doesn't tell you, you know, what to do when a client mm -hmm. hasn't paid yeah. a large sum of money. Yeah. That, yeah, that, those are tough conversations that, uh, yeah, they definitely don't talk about in some of those books. No. And, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is, uh, what's the plan after, after graduation? Um, are you looking to come back to PPR? I think, I think I'm open to coming back to PPR. Yeah. I like Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. I can tell you from my experience last year, last summer, I'm not a huge fan of the Northeast. Mm. I've been fortunate enough to kind of, with my su different summer internships, mm. experience different parts of the country than from where I'm from. Mm. Um, and you're from Nebraska? No. You're Go to school Colorado, in Nebraska, Colorado. born and raised in Colorado. Yeah. Um, so it's nice to kind of have an idea as to, yes, I would enjoy working for that company, but would I also enjoy the area? And I, I've liked Jacksonville. Yeah. You know, surfing and golfing, sunshine, etc., is fantastic. Yeah, I'd, I'd say you're about a subpar golfer. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> Top notch. <laughs> oh, that was so bad. <laughs> yeah, you saw me out on an off day. Yeah, well, I didn't play much better. I think I may have shot in the two hundreds that day. I'm gonna blame the weather. It was hot and. I slept wrong on my pillow the night before. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but that's why I was always there. barking. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's talking about backswing, <laughs> so we won't talk about that anymore. Now, um, you're from Colorado. You're a student at the University of Nebraska. There's a lot of great schools in Colorado. What brought you to uh, the University of Nebraska? Um, so two things, actually. I initially started my college search um, I believe I was a sophomore, started looking at college fairs, you know, just kind of a big, broad, wanted to see what was out there. Mm -hmm. At the time, was really interested in finding a school where I could go play like D2 lacrosse, mm -hmm. as well as, you know, do something with business. And I had at the time no idea, just yeah. business. Um, and then my mom found actuarial science. She's like, hey, just check this out. Looked into it a little bit more, and it was right up my alley. It was math and business mm -hmm. and all of that tied together to basically do mathematical analyzation of a business and put price on on that. Mm -hmm. um, so, but the thing is, it's such a specialized degree, you can't major in it mm -hmm. in a lot of places. There's not a single school in Colorado when I was applying that you can major in that. So I started looking elsewhere, and I only applied to Nebraska and Drake. Mm -hmm. Got into both, visited both, wasn't a huge fan of Drake, mm -hmm. but was still open to going there. I, but at the time I was looking at going into Nebraska, started a honors society mm -hmm. inside the School of Business. There were oh, like wow, over okay. 300 applicants, yeah. and they were selecting 40. I got selected to be one of those 40. Nice. And that sealed the deal for me. I was like, that's what I want. I'm going to Nebraska. Nice. And uh, what's it like being, uh, obviously, an intelligent individual like yourself? Is it challenging to be at a big school like that and be able to focus on education? Because that's one of the reasons I didn't go to Florida State or any of those bigger schools out of high school because I was just god-awfully terrified that I would just 
be honest, party my way into um, a community college. <laughs> I mean, you definitely see it a yeah. lot. You know, I've had countless fraternity brothers yeah. who just can't handle it. Mm-hmm. So they go home. You know, they, they flunk out. That's just all there is to it. You gotta, you gotta be able to do both. Um, but for me, no. I feel like I can carry like such a balance in my mm-hmm. life that I, it wasn't a big issue for me. I've always been so terribly hard on myself mm-hmm. that if I let partying get in the way of my grades, I'd be pissed at myself yeah. more than anything. Like more than any anyone else would. I know my dad would be pissed. Yeah. My mom would be upset. Yeah. But at the end of the day, yeah. I'd be probably the most upset person. You're your biggest critic. And right. you mentioned uh, fraternity brothers. What fraternity are you in, and what is your role? Because I imagine you're you're about to be a senior. You hold some kind of leadership position. I'm not sure how fraternities and sororities work. So, what what's your fraternity in your role? So I'm in Tau Kappa Epsilon Teak. Yeah. Up in Nebraska. Um, and I'm this year. I am. All right. So I had to edit out this little portion. We were talking about Trent's role at his fraternity at the University of Nebraska and here he goes into detail on kind of his duties as the club fraternity pledge master. What what's your role in your fraternity? Um so this year I am the pledge master. So I I help I help these freshmen and sophomore who sophomores who sign with us, mm-hmm. a with their grades and being a connection for them to kind of find what they need mm-hmm. amongst the university, as well as then teach them the ways of the fraternity. And is what's that process like? Is I've heard different stories like there's like a recruiting process, and it reminds me a lot of sports recruiting, whether that be football, basketball, lacrosse, hockey. Is it is there like a similar dynamic in the Greek life? Yes and no. Um, no, in the fact that uh, the the rushes, the pledges have mm-hmm. more say in it than you probably would in a sports role. Once you've yeah. committed to a university, mm-hmm. university kind of controls you a little bit more on that. Um, so you sign a bid card, which is basically the formal intent to rush a fraternity. From that point, bid card goes to Greek Affairs, make sure you meet all of the needs, the grade requirements, etc. And then once that's met and you've completed the rush process, mm-hmm. you get initiated. And that then begins your formal pledgeship. Mm-hmm. After six weeks of that, and that's when we start doing the ways of fraternity mm-hmm. and things like that. After six weeks of that, um, you're initiated okay. into the chapter. Nice. And do you guys have, are there athletes in the same fraternity or do athletes have their own separate fraternities um, at big schools like that? Because I'm not sure how that works. Within fraternities, I've never seen athletes be a part of them. Mm-hmm. Just because I think that would open up the door for... A lot of issues. A for the Conflict university, yeah. Yeah. A for the university for mm-hmm. everyone involved. Mm-hmm. But for sororities, I know a few sororities have some girls mm-hmm. 
who are also athletes. Okay. And they do both. Nice. And uh, you mentioned you played sports growing up. Do you play any sports at, at Nebraska? I play broom ball. What? <laughs> I know. What the hell is broom ball? <laughs> I get that all the time. I say it like I'm like somebody's gonna know maybe someday. Are you the only person that plays? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's a team sport. It's similar to hockey, mm-hmm. uh, without skates. Mm-hmm. It's a, a ball instead of a puck, and it's a bigger net, kind of like if a uh, hockey net and a soccer net made a baby. That would be a broom ball net. Okay, somewhere okay. in between there. Um, Still really fun, really competitive. We travel for it. We play in a league down in Omaha on Sundays, and then come the spring, start the tournaments. When you say travel, do you you travel to other universities? Yeah, so this spring, I just was contacted the other day by uh, Miami of Ohio. Oh, I guess big like that. Okay. Yeah, they want want us to come out for a two-day tournament with them that they're throwing. They're trying to get a bunch of schools to come down from like Minnesota, North Dakota, and then from there we go to nationals. Okay. And is, are kids on scholarship through Broomball? Is that something that's funded by the university? How does that work? Um, so we are partially funded mm-hmm. through the university. We get some money, but no scholarships. Okay. It is still a club sport. Okay, gotcha. But we get money from the university to do yeah. you know, club functions yeah. with. And you, you sent me uh, an article, I think it was on the Wall Street Journal, actually. I didn't read through all of it to really understand Broomball, but I understand it's apparently a big thing at, at some of these universities. I did notice, because this kind of segues into the next topic of, about sports and, and, and injury. In that article, it stated that you had suffered a broken back. <laughs> From the sport, how how that was it? It wasn't was it broom ball? It was okay. How how did that happen? Club sport, <laughs> club sport. Um, I mean, it's a club sport, but it's still competitive. You yeah, know, you're still going to nationals, and yeah. you're wanting it's, to. It's a physical, physical uh, sport. Physical sport, yes, but there's no like direct hitting. Okay, but it, there's still it's still contact. There's some contact, but there's no, like, big open ice hits like there is in a, in a hockey game. Yeah. Um, but I ended up diving on the ice to make this play, and the way I rolled, I kind of got folded up, and when I collided with the boards, I had my head tucked, and it just, my force into the boards, it just folded me up, almost like, kind of like an accordion coming together, uh. just, like, butt he- towards the... Towards my head, if I'm laying on my back, and it just folded me in half, essentially. And um, what what did you break? What what vertebrae? Um, so I it was my T eight, T nine, and T eleven. And initially, I laid there and I couldn't feel my feet, and I was genuinely worried that I had severed my spinal cord. And I was like, Oh no! What <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> what? My te- tears were rolling down my face because I knew what that meant. It w- was going to mean a lot of rehab and probably never walking yeah. again. But five or so minutes later, feeling started to return to the yeah. feet. was able to yeah. to walk away. Um, and I wouldn't go and get my back checked out for a few days because I, w- I was Great thinking. Idea. I was like, it's just going to get better. Yeah, I can walk. I, I'm yeah, fine. I was, I was like, like yeah, I just... 
I just tweaked something. I'll be good in two days. Never got better. Went and saw a doctor, and they're like, yeah, we're going to need to do more scans. We think you broke your back. God, did you have to have surgery for that? No surgery. It, they put me in a back brace for, oh, God. Please tell me you have photos of this. I do have a photo of myself in the back brace, and I'm sure there was a lot of photos on campus because I had to wear my backpack on the front, like a, a retarded turtle. All I can, all I can see right now. This reminds me of the episode of "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia," where D. Reynolds had to be in a back brace. She's just walking around like this the entire time, except you're in that back brace. <laughs> It, it healed right thanks to the back brace, but there were some humbling moments. I remember my roommate was gone, and I couldn't get my socks off. I couldn't, I couldn't physically bend over far enough to be able to get my socks off. So at the time, Yik Yak was a thing, and I throw out on Yik Yak, Hey, if you've seen the kid with the back brace, I need help. I can't get my socks off. What, <laughs> what is Yik Yak? It was like, it's like Twitter, except for it's location-based. Okay. So, so it's only like kids on the college campus saw what you were throwing out there. So you sent out cry And it was help. anonymous. Okay. So, and the first thing someone fired back on that was, are you a dude or a girl? He was trying to hook up, and I was like, <laughs> no, bro, stop. I just, need- I just need someone to get my socks off. Oh, my gosh. Yik Yak, I, I gotta, I gotta do some research on that. It's Yik Yak is done. It's, <laughs> it's gone away. How so? How long did that take the rehab? Um, so I was doing like some strengthening stuff with the back muscles mm-hmm. and whatnot after that. Probably like six months. Just making sure. It, here's to hoping that uh, no back issues in the future, right? Absolutely, because that can. No, that can be that can destroy a man or woman. Like, I, have, I have friends that they can't even do squats or deadlifts, and they're in their twenties. Yeah, and that's a scary thought to not be able to do some of those important exercises. Now, that's not all, that, that's not the only injury you've sustained, and I don't think a lot of people, if anyone really at PPR or maybe any of your friends, I'm not sure. You sustained a, you sustained a, a pretty critical injury in high school, correct? Yeah. So uh, junior year, and this is what changed the college plans. Mm-hmm. I said earlier, you know, wanted to go play D two lacrosse. Um, junior year of high school, so four years ago, mm-hmm. suffered a massive brain injury that left me needing emergency brain surgery to save my life, and then. How'd that happen? In a lacrosse game, oddly enough. Like, but you guys have helmets on, so... Helmets on and all of that. The kid who hit me with the ball was a top-notch lacrosse player. Mm -hmm. He's actually out at Notre Dame right now. Nice, okay. Playing for them. Um, And he just ripped a shot, and it just caught me just perfectly wrong. Hit me in the side of the helmet, shattered my skull severed my medial meningeal artery and just a lot of issues a lot a lot of issues wow did you did you know immediately something was wrong or like did it did it frack or did it shatter the helmet too no the helmet was fine if you didn't know any better i could take a helmet off of the shelf and that helmet 
and I could sell you mine, and you would never know. Wow. Obviously, she's not going to do that, yeah. but... <laughs> Freaking laser beam that guy, then. Oh, just rocking. And I've heard people in the stands say that when it happened, it sounded like a baseball bat cracking. If you've ever heard that at a game, just that distinct yeah. pop yeah. and, like, break. Yeah. What was that like? Did you notice anything was wrong? Did I mean, initially... Initially, I couldn't see. It was like I was looking out of a fuzzy television, like a static mm. television. Um, but then my vision came back, and everything was fine, yeah. except for I had pain like in the upper end of my jaw. And when my trainer took a tuning fork and would get it to vibrate and then push it against the bottom part of my jaw, mm. I could feel rattling up there. So initially, the only thing we thought was maybe, maybe a minor, minor concussion. Yeah. So I passed concussion test on the yeah. sideline and then a probable broken jaw yeah as that severed artery um, that blood clot grew mm-hmm. on the outside of my brain um, it became very apparent that this was not just a broken <laughs> yeah. jaw there was something okay. really wrong yeah and uh, how, how did they d- determine that that was the case um, it seemed like nothing was wrong at first. Nothing was wrong initially. Get in the ambulance, go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. They do CT scans there um, to realize this is wrong. Um, we had a friend ride with me yeah. in the ambulance to the hospital. And he said when, once I came out of scans, the whole ER room sounded like the New York Stock Exchange floor. Just yeah. people running about yelling, we have a bleeder, we have a bleeder, we have a bleeder. Because at that point, it became a race against the clock. Yeah. It was, we need to do something now or this yeah. kid's going to die on the table. Yeah. And were you awake? No. Okay. I, I had gone unresponsive before I got in the ambulance. Ooh. I imagine. Well, oh. not unresponsive. I was still awake. I don't remember it. Yeah. I went unresponsive in the ambulance. So I meant they had like an emergency surgery. Emergency surgery yeah. that night. Thankfully, the ambulance crew had had enough insight to call a neurosurgeon while we were on the way to the hospital because mm-hmm. it was like nine o'clock. Yeah. So she wasn't going to be there. Yeah. Um, she shows up, Doctor Shapil, and my parents get there around the around that time. Sign consent. And she had told them that they had 30 seconds with their son. Mm-hmm. They kissed this lifeless body yeah. and begin bagging me, which is like external CPR, yeah. using a bag because I was no longer breathing on yeah. my own, and then rushed me into the hospital, into the surgery. Nice. So, Do you know, how, how long was that surgery? Do you know? I don't know. All right. I know, I know I was out around... My parents yeah. remember it being around two to two and a half hours. Okay. Now, did they have to like install any like metal plates or anything? Yeah. So I actually, it's a it's a Kevlar plate mm-hmm. that looks like really tight chicken wire with okay. the hope that that bone will grow through it, mm-hmm. and then plate or some like picture frames to hold it in place. Picture frames with four screws, and I have mm-hmm. five of those, so twenty screws. So you could say he's got a screw loose, yeah. <laughs> and you never know. <laughs> oh my god! Now, has that? I know that. I mean, that's a 
obviously changed the course of your sports career, but do you feel that, you know, from sustaining an injury like that, thinking about big contact sports, what's your take on, like, the overall safety protocols that many of these sports are, are taking? I mean, safety protocols, if you yeah. want to call it that. Yeah. Not really. Yeah. You know, it's do the legal minimum amount mm-hmm. to be able to cover our ass so we don't get sued. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's a bummer. I And I even, like, even as a, as a high school athlete, we did impact tests. Mm-hmm. Our school district mandated that we do them. To be able to return to play, you had to match your impact test scores. But all the athletes who had had concussion tests, like concussions before that, knew how to get around the system. When we would take the impact tests, we would just do horrendous. Yeah. We'd come out come back after the concussion and it looked like we had grown, gained brain power and we were we were ready to go within a week. And it's yeah. just you know Yeah. I, I, I suffered a, one concussion well in high school I've suffered three, but I one remember, diagnosed. Yeah, one yeah, one diagnosed for sure. And it's right. a, it's scary and just thinking about thank God it didn't happen during football season. It was during our off season and just knowing what I know now, it's just crazy that some of these kids and grown men and, and the pros can just return to oh play yeah. like at the drop of a hat. And I mean, obviously, there's a lot of protocols that, that are in place with the technology of how they you know make the helmets now. And and to be yeah. honest with you, I feel like that's our biggest issue. Mm-hmm. Our athletes, if you go back and look at it, our athletes are bigger, stronger, faster mm-hmm. than they've ever been mm-hmm. throughout history. And the helmets just aren't keeping up with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, to my exact point, the fact that hel- the helmet there is there to prevent skull damage. Yeah. And the fact that, A, my helmet is fine and shows yeah. no yeah. no blow absorption or anything, mm-hmm. and my skull is shattered. Yeah. <laughs> Something up. Yeah. Helmet needs to be better. Yeah. Just that's how it is. Let's talk about some good news with sports. All right. I like that a little more. (laughs) (laughs) You and I both played sports growing up, and especially in a team sport, it can have such a a positive uh, role in any kid or adult's life. How do you feel sports helped mold you as a a man and as a professional? Yeah. Um, And this is is a question I've gotten a few times because I've spoken Mm -hmm. publicly about my head injury. worried parents would ask me knowing mm-hmm. if you had known that you'd get suffer this massive brain injury would you still play lacrosse kind of like a yeah you know was it worth it yeah. question and my absolute my answer is absolutely yeah lacrosse and hockey that um helped develop me in ways that I don't think any teacher or individual sport can mm-hmm. you know how it is you've got teammates that you don't get along with and this and that, but you gotta be able to put your differences aside to be able to go out on the field, the rink, the whatever it might be on the court to be able to play a good game with them. And execute right. a common task and that's to win. You can't, you're not gonna be able to win if there's two guys who can't 
find some way to get past that to be able to yeah. function as an entire unit. Yeah. I mean, I think the same is true in business. Yeah. I won't. I won't lie to you. I I don't love everyone I work with. Yeah, I don't but think anybody can say that. No, I don't think so. Yeah. And if they are, they're lying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You, but you got to be able to put your personal differences aside when there's a task at hand to be able to complete it. Yeah. Right. And uh, I, I want to get back since we're we're talking about business. Your your father, I know you mentioned this to me a, a few months ago, kind of when you first started your internship. Um, it seems like your your father had a lot of success being a businessman. Um, did you learn anything from him that growing up in regards to business life that kind of just really stuck with you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so very successful. He owned his own business and was able to make a living off mm -hmm. of that, which is every entrepreneur's dream, you know, kind of that create something and grow it into a, a living. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the, the biggest things he taught me, and I'll never forget, was business is essentially seeing a problem and then being able to solve it at an economic gain is all it is. Mm -hmm. And so when you boil that down, it's basically helping people. Whether that be the, your clients, your employees, mm -hmm. and the companies that do really well are the, com are the companies that can do both. They can help their community, they can help their clients, and they help their employees. Mm -hmm. My dad told me a story, and this just goes to show that, was there was a woman who was a single mother, employee of his, who lived in Colorado, Mm -hmm. So obviously we've got snow mm -hmm. issues, and she had completely bald tires. You know, she just yeah. to be able to make ends meet, tires weren't in the budget. That yeah. Day. So he asked her for her keys. And he said, "Let me have your keys. I'm gonna. I'll be back." He takes her car, drives it, and goes and gets four new tires. Because wow. he knew that for his employees to do their absolute best work. They need to be able to get to and from work mm -hmm. safely. Yeah. And it's just, it's having that mindset of helping people and then helping your community, your clients, yeah. and your employees. Yeah. Nice. So I'll never forget that story. Is that uh, something that's a potential end goal for you in running your own company? Where do you see yourself, I guess, five, ten years from now? Um, five, ten years from now, definitely would love to be running my own company. Yeah. Either something in the skiing industry, because I love to ski, mm -hmm. or in the fitness industry. Okay, because you have an Instagram page, right? I do. I do, I do. You've been harping on this page for weeks. It's, it's, it's an inspirational page, but then hopefully, you know, I don't know, leverage it into a blog or something like yeah. that, where I can maybe start to make some just economic profit from it as well. Just don't post any of your unseasoned chicken. <laughs> hey, my chicken is it's versatile. Okay? It's you throw it in the oven, you cook it at 350 until she's done, you bring her out. You want to whip up chicken and and a salad? Perfect. Put it in. If you want chopped up chicken and guacamole, it's going to work the same. <laughs> Those are the only two things that's <laughs> chicken to whip. Uh, yeah, I don't know a lot other of things to do with it. 
I definitely had it in the morning, just straight but, raw. Not raw, not but yeah, I know bland so chicken. No, that's disgusting. That's so bad. <laughs> desperate times call for desperate measures. Hey man, salt's like not even a dollar, man. <laughs> salt and pepper. Hey, <laughs> it was dollar dollar for salt or dollar in the gas tank. <laughs> hey man, priorities. <laughs> True. My, mine, I guess, are at the wrong place. <laughs> Well, you don't need any more salt in your diet, Mr. 17 Packs of Ramen in one sitting. Hey, man. Old habits die hard. <laughs> old habits die hard. Well, I want to I close with um, a, few, a few points and kind of get your opinion because I know you're... You seem to be a fond reader and you listen to a lot of audiobooks. I'm not sure where, where you're at in the podcast world. Do you feel it's important for students and just people in general to to learn more, um, to read more books, to listen to audio books? Because some people learn by experiencing relationships with other people or just growing with other people. Some people learn more from reading, combination of both of those. Like, how how important do you feel reading is, for, especially as a student? Like on your own time, I'm not talking about reading textbooks. Like all these theories about business and everything. Yeah. Um, reader, not so much. I don't love to read. Yeah. But listen to audiobooks, I enjoy a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, driving, working, whatever it might be, I, I enjoy listening to audiobooks. And I think it's huge. I mean, if you look at the history of time, mm-hmm. of, the, of mankind throughout time, Stories and knowledge, especially, gets passed down through writings, and that's that's something that my generation, especially the generation just a little bit younger than me, is lacking. Mm-hmm. We just don't read as a culture anymore. And you know, it's, it's on social media. It's social media. It's text. Mm-hmm. It's Netflix on your phone before you go to bed. Mm-hmm. All of that. And it, I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of it. I love falling asleep to Netflix, yeah. but you got to be able to have the balance, you know. Do you Netflix have, sometimes, but audiobook as well. Do you have any audiobooks that have kind of really hit home for you or any ones that you're listening to now? Um, listening to The Five Second Rule Now mm-hmm. by Mel Robbins. Mel Robbins, mm-hmm. I believe. But the big one I listened to... And it was fantastic. Is um, the Vanishing American Adult? It's by the senator from Nebraska, Ben Sass, and it was um, on point. I think. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be important for me to have any potential spouse in the future mm-hmm. read that, see how they feel about some of the ideas he brings up in it, as well as expecting parents. He kind of outlines these steps for for raising kids in this world we live in to have a good head on their shoulders you know how did you stumble upon that book um how did I stumble upon that book it was when I was making the drive down here from Nebraska I had just downloaded I had a free downloader a credit or whatever yeah. it may be for um audio 
What is what is the app? Called? Audiobook. Audible. Audible. Thank you. Audible. Audiobook. What's the app for audiobooks? <laughs> Siri. Audiobook. <laughs> no, but yeah. So had a, had a credit for Audible, and it, it was um, it was just on the like most downloaded yeah. or something like that. Read it the about, and I was like, cool. Let's give it a try. So you got to listen to that with your father? I listened to some of that with oh, my dad. My dad ended up finishing it when he got home. I have since as well finished it. It was, it's, I tell you what, it's a hefty book. Yeah. You got to be paying attention when you're listening because yeah. it's, it's vocab, his vocabulary is deep mm-hmm. and there's some, there's some big ideas nice. presented in it. Well, well, in closing, I'm actually going to have to get that book now that I think about it because it sounds like a very interesting book because it has so much about growth it seems like especially with regards to relationships so I'll definitely have to be on the lookout for that or just go ahead and just download the damn thing <laughs> but um, are there any I know we're about to have this uh, meeting on Monday where we're going to learn quite a bit about you is there anything in closing that you may want to say for hell like students other interns to maybe consider to help them with their professional growth or just maybe end with a little something about Trent that people may not know. Um, so what, and we'll give this more for the people who won't be able to hear that 831 talk. Um, we talked about it today too at that Operation New Uniform is locus of control is what it is. Mm -hmm. It's internal versus external. And the idea is the idea that I have the ability to to change things or mm-hmm. I'm dealt the cards I'm dealt and that's how it is. Yeah. And I remember with my head injury specifically, I initially after my head injury, I was pissed. Mm-hmm. I felt like I had gotten screwed. I was dealt a crappy hand. Life's not fair. Pissed. Depression. You know, for years into college, still feeling the same way felt like I had been unfairly dealt the hand I was. Um, but since then, I've, I've changed the way I look at it. You know, my injury will never go away. It'll always be here. Yeah. But I look at it in a way of it, it opened new doors, new opportunities for me. Mm-hmm. It closed some, but it opened more than it closed for sure and just you know that old saying giving lemons make lemonade mm-hmm. crap happens in life shit yeah. happens yeah. right it just it just does yeah. and life is is 1% the things that happen to you mm-hmm. and 99% the way you handle them so Absolutely. I think I think in all honesty, had I not started to change my outlook mm-hmm. on my injury mm-hmm. into like a more positive view versus this external view, negative view, um, I probably would have ended up committing suicide in all honesty. I had been on the edge a few times mm-hmm. but was able to you know, use resources to get talked down mm-hmm. or whatever it may have been, but yeah. We'll have to pick up that on the on the next podcast because I'd love to hear or the next episode because I'd love to hear more about maybe some programs out there for you know dealing with that kind of 
um, you know, d- just dealing with that in general because that's something a lot of people go through. Yeah. And because um, I have a lot to digest because you just dropped a bomb on me there. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so I, I appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks really hope that I can make. Yeah, absolutely. I really hope I can make it out to uh, Cornhusker Town, and maybe we can do this uh, again here in the fall. That'd be fun. I'd enjoy that.